Welcome to WDW for Families, the original family-friendly trip planning podcast, helping you plan your Disney vacation for over five years. All right, welcome to WDW for Families, and we are back with a, uh, with a cast of characters tonight. And tonight we have Charity. Hello. We have Stephanie. Hey, friends. We have the legendary Randall J. Whitman. How's it going? And we have Rusty. Hello. So we have almost the entire crew here tonight with you on WDW for Families, and it's good to be back. Uh, we are still in this crazy time, which we don't know when, we'll, when it will end, but we are here to talk about what's going on at Disney now. We're recording this podcast on August the 6th. So by the time this gets posted in about three or four days, this information could be out of date. We're well aware of that. But we hope it's not. And we hope that you're doing well wherever you are. Speaking of which, how is everyone doing starting with Rusty Pettis? How are you, Rusty? Hey, man, we're doing good. I actually have a start date for when we go back to work. So oh, we're working for five months. So it's finally nice to actually have a start date for a change. So in two weeks, I actually go back into an office for two days a week. <laughs> are you going to be able to have inter interaction with the students personally, or are you still via no, video? See them. No, thanks to that. No, we'll do some. Very limited. Most of it will be what we're doing tonight. We're going to be sitting in Zoom and hanging out with each other. Okay. How about you, Randy? How is how's life treating you? Life is good. We're good. Uh, Beth is back doing uh, teacher getting ready for school stuff. My girls will go back in person next week, so we're pretty excited. All right, Charity, since uh, seven of you are on mute, I'll go to Charity. We'll come back to you. Yeah, things, things here are going really well. We're still um, figuring out the whole school thing. Uh, our state is a little bit slower, I'd say, at figuring out that whole process. But, um, but yeah, we're, we're doing well. Um, family's just having a lot of family time, so it's been, it's been great. Nice. All right, Stephanie, how are things in uh, beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee? Oh, wonderful. So I, we are getting ready for our first day of school tomorrow. And Ooh. we are going, we're all online for a bit. We don't know how long. Um, so I'm just kind of getting geared up for that. And each of my kids is sort of doing a different route. Um, so that will be very interesting. Um, so yeah, we're just getting ready for the chaos. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. So we've been in school a week. Uh, Brock's uh, senior year has started and he is a, he's a senior and he's been in class. They've been, uh, their school is live and uh, battle goes back to school Monday and so does Brewer. So we're, we're living on the edge here in Southern Tennessee. We're, uh, we're, we're, we're risking it apparently. So anyways, We'll see what happens. My wife and I both think that they'll go back to school for a couple of weeks and learn how to do online class and then come home for a while. But we'll see what happens. So uh, anybody, what's the most interesting Disney thing you've watched in the last few days? Real quick, go around, think of your answer. Whoever's got their answer first, raise their hand. The most interesting Disney thing you've watched in the last three or four days. I'll answer first since none of you are obviously ready for that one. The answer is Sleeping Beauty for us. Um, the morning that Brock left for his first day of his senior year, um, I got a little emotional and uh, figured I needed to lay down with the youngest child and watch a movie. 
he chose Sleeping Beauty, and uh, it was a perfect, perfect moment for uh, me and the smallest child as we watched that beautiful movie. I, I am always reminded of how awesome Sleeping Beauty is every time, which isn't often. But, uh, well, my it, girls have been have been singing the songs of Hamilton for the last uh, month or yeah. two, yeah. and uh, we watched it at Disney. At Disney earlier this uh, June, and then uh, today as I was going to work, Ainsley was watching it again. I don't know if it's the 10th time or the 20th time, but uh, they have seen it over and over and over. I've just seen it the once. All right, Stephanie, you look like you're ready to answer. Um, I have not, besides Hamilton, which we talked about last last time, and I haven't seen anything really new on Disney+. Plus. I, I'm trying to decide now. So the new hype is Mulan and I'm like, uh, $30. Okay. I don't know. And I don't know how you guys may feel differently. I've kind of decided I kind of want to wait, let a few people see it and let's hear what they have to say about it before I invest $30 in it. <laughs> but that's just me. You know, we watched a few Disney movies. We watched both the other day and I actually thought that wasn't a terrible movie. Uh, first time I've watched it, but I've been kind of the geeky person. I've been watching people on uh, Facebook and Instagram live walking through Disney parks. So that's probably the most interesting thing I've been watching. So I can't do that. It makes me so jealous. Watch people walk through the parks. Yeah. Well, listen, Randy showed us the video. I think it was Randy or maybe it was Charity. One of y'all sent us the video of y'all walking through Peter Pan and just seeing how fast there was nobody in line. You just walked on the ride in 90 seconds. That kind of made me a little jealous, but. Did yeah. you, okay, on real quick, Rusty, on Bolt, there is a duet with John Travolta and um, Miley Ray Cyrus, and it's one of my favorite Disney songs. I know that's ridiculous, but I, I love that song from Bolt. Uh, I, I Thought I Lost You, is that the name of the song? It gets stuck in my head. It's a great, great Disney song. Oh, well. I don't remember. I, I don't know why we never saw this. I mean, I've never heard anybody talk about the movie, but it was on Disney Plus, so we said, hey, dogs disney why not we'll try it there's an interesting youtube video out on disney movies they never made and it also talks about disney movies that were radically changed before they hit the, the theater and bolt is one of those and it's a really interesting story it's so interesting that i'm not going to talk about it and i'm going to direct you to the youtube video to watch it charity what tell me about something you've watched we are entering a new phase um, so we have been doing a lot of Descendants, Descendants 2, Descendants 3, and now we are about to get into Zombies and okay. Zombies 2. This is, this is the phase we're in. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where Brewer's been for the last three or four years. I can name every Descendants song. It's awesome. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So that, that brings us to our point, kind of what uh, Rusty was saying, is that one of you guys sent us a video. Now, about two episodes ago, one of the ones that I was not on, um, one of the videos that I was not on, Charity and Randy talked about being at Disney while the parks were closed. Since that time, as the Disney addicts we all are, at least two of the five people here have been to Disney since it's been open. And they just happened to be the two people who were there when it was closed. And have been since they've been two week two podcasts ago. 
So we're going to get their insights on it. Uh, Rusty and Stephanie and I are going to take turns uh, peppering them with some questions about the uh, parks and the experience, and then we'll go from there. And so the first question is, Charity and Randy, I'll start, then we'll go to Stephanie, and then we'll go to Rusty. Uh, the first question is, okay, we are planning on going soon-ish. The mask, what what's the deal? How was it? Blah, blah, blah. Give me your take on it, Charity, and then yours, Randy. Mm -hmm. um, we were mandated to wear them up here, so um, we've gotten really used to them. Um, it was fine. Um, didn't, didn't bother us. Um, yeah, we, we split between the cloth and the, um, disposable ones. Um, but yeah, I found it was actually a little bit more tolerable this time than it was when we went before the parks open. I feel like maybe we didn't stop and snack as much. And, um, so we didn't have as much time without them on. Um, but this time between stopping for meals and being in and out of the rides and um, air conditioned areas. Um, yeah, we didn't have a problem with them. Thought they were, they were fine. Uh, I thought it was uh, miserable and uh, <laughs> I wish I did not have to wear them, but totally respect that we do need to wear them. And we wore them the entire time. Uh, two of the days we were there, it was 99 degrees with a heat index of 108. And uh, having a mask made it worse. Uh, and so it was still worth going. I'm still glad we went. It's what's required. I think it's necessary. Out of respect of other people and, and to Disney, I will wear it. And, uh, and, and I did not complain at the time. But since you asked, it did not help. <laughs> um, All right. Well, that, uh, that helps me. Stephanie, do you have a question for our esteemed panel here? I do. So I'm just curious, knowing that the parks are at way lower capacity, how did that, how did you adjust your touring or did you adjust your touring? Um, like, for instance, did you still rope drop or were you able to be more laid back? I'm curious about just your overall touring for, for each park day? So for us, we actually did not pressure ourselves to get to the parks for opening. Um, so even um, at Hollywood Studios, did not pressure to go for opening, knew it was gonna be more of, um, more of the crowds. So because they have changed it and you can do um, Rise of Resistance um, at either 10, or two um, you can get in the queue we we did not push to get into the park for opening and we um, we got in a little bit after which uh, because we were on the Skyliner and the Skyliner line um, I would say yes you know they have a lot less people but because it's only one party per gondola um, the line for that, I think was pretty much the longest line we'd experienced the whole weekend. Um, so, you know, we, we just pushed that back a little bit and um, we took our time. So we, we did not press ourselves to get certain places. We, we really weren't pressed to get anywhere the whole time. 
think we, we laid back. We uh, uh, wished we had held it was closer to the parks. Ours was further away. That's a whole other podcast we'll talk about. Um, but it uh, will drop every day. And then in general, we would stay uh, until we got wore out at maybe 2 or 3 o'clock. And then we'd go back uh, to the hotel, usually for the day. Uh, we did actually go back to the parks once or twice. But um, we were at Rope Drop every day. I will say Animal Kingdom, we were only there one of our days. And uh, it was the lightest of the parks. And getting there 30 minutes early, what was really interesting about that, uh, well, with all the parks, we never were there before the turnstiles were open. They were always opened at least an hour, you know, at least a half hour before park opening, probably more than an hour before park opening. Um, and so, again, back to Animal Kingdom. So all the white, dressed in white cleaning crew was out welcoming people, uh, clapping, cheering, bubbles. We're glad you're here. Thanks for coming back. Uh, welcome home, that that kind of stuff. It actually was very welcoming and uh, I thought made the beginning of the day much more exciting for us. Uh, but it was definitely a light crowd in Animal Kingdom that day. But we were there for opening every day. All right, Rusty, go ahead, take it away. Okay, Charity, I know you sent a picture of one of the lines y'all were in. I can't remember which one it was, but they had plexiglass in the lines. And so talk a little bit about how the cues are. Did that make the, I mean, how do they do all the different cues to keep the lines kind of separated yet together? And was that, I also think about, does that kind of make it a little more claustrophobic or hot or how does that work? Yeah, so um, pretty much any time that the cues are outside, um, we, I didn't really have the plexiglass much. Um, what they would do is just, you know, skip between queue lines. So if it would normally double back um, a number of times, they would skip. So it was in every other queue line that was open. And then they had the markers every six feet. Um, the confusing part got to be around the corners where, you know, the space between might actually be like 10 feet because it was too close to another line that um that had like switched back through and so people would kind of stand in the middle because they thought there was a dot missing or a marker missing but it really wasn't they were just too close to the next section so that was one thing that i i noticed was a little confusing for people um but most of the uh, most of the plexiglass um, that was just when you were indoors. So um, I think the land had the most. Yes, the land. Um, Living with also, the land. Also, let's see, um, Three Caballeros. M Mickey and Minnie had it. Mm -hmm. So it was um, just, uh, you know, a, a spies, what was a mountain? Right. What's it called? The, the Space Mountain. Space Mountain had it at the end as well. When, when you get closer to the ride where the switchbacks are really close to each other and you have to use pretty much all the switchbacks, that's where you really saw the, most, the highest use of the plexiglass. What about Safari? Did, was, did they have those there at Safari? Uh, not for the majority of it. Um, was there a time where they did? Yes. 
So we have to talk about FastPass real quick. Okay. Well, because let's do this first, Randy. I think a natural progression from here would be, um, did people, for the most part, at Disney, did the crowds adhere to social distancing? What, what would your reaction to that be? I would say yes. I would say the markers on the ground were generally more like eight or 10 feet apart in most situations, which allows for a party of three or a party of four and still be six feet apart. Um, and people, as Charity said, there were moments where you thought there was going to be a line just 10 feet away. And it turns out it was 30 feet away to the next line and you kind of get stuck in no man's land. But I think people tried to avoid that. I think. Uh, yes, everyone wore masks. I did see some naked noses. Um, naked. But, nose yeah. nudity. No, you can't yes. have nose nudity. Can't have nose nudity, but I did see some. I did see cast members calling people out. I saw people getting frustrated at being called out because their mask just fell down because their mask was too big. Uh, I saw some of that. But for the most part, most people were following the rules very well. They stayed away. I did not see people walking down the, the road with a, a bottle in their hand, trying to, with their mask around their chin, pretending like they were drinking. I, I didn't see anything like that. Uh, so I thought people followed the rules very well. There was one instance where we had people in line behind us who were not following the markers. And, you know, after, and it was on Toy Story Media, it was in the line for that. And after, you know, five minutes, I finally turned around and said, hey, can you, can you give me my six feet? And they're, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. And then they, they, were, they, probably, they were probably they, just intimidated. just overlooked it. So overall, I thought everybody did well. Carrie, Say again? I said they were probably just intimidated by you. I, uh, Maybe so. <laughs> Charity, you, you would agree, disagree? Yeah, I felt the same. I, I thought that really for the most part everybody did really well um i would say it shopping in stores is the one thing that um you know it it's it's like they get tunnel vision like oh i'm heading for that thing and you can be right next to where they want to be and they don't you know they they just don't seem to realize it um but you know i i'd say besides that um you know, I, I think everyone was doing really well. Um, I didn't, I didn't notice as much, um, of the masks down as we did last trip. So last trip when the parks were closed and we were just at Disney Springs, um, you would notice more of the masks down and the, the nose nudity. Um, not as much this time with that. And, um, in the parks, um, I, I was surprised. They're actually using the overhead loudspeaker and having announcements go off throughout the day, reminding everyone, use the ground markings to, you know, follow the social distancing, keep your mask on, or, you know, keep your face covering on and cover your mouth and nose the whole time unless Wash you are Wash your hands active. frequently. Right, wash your hands frequently and sanitize. And um, and you can only have your mask off when eating or actively eating or drinking stationary. Actively. Actively 
eating or drinking, if you're stationary, and at least six feet apart from other people. Okay, so one pressing matter, question number two. One, we'll get into fast passes here in a second, Randy, but uh, just from a pragmatic standpoint of uh, getting to the parks, all that stuff, uh, one question I think we would all have is, what was the bus transportation like? Were we distancing on the buses? What was people's general behavior getting to and from the parks? I'll start. I'll say that we, we flew. Uh, we flew southwest. They had the middle seat open on the entire flight. Um, and so that worked well for our family. We took up, you know, two rows each uh, with, with two in each row. Um, in the airport, uh, I saw a lot more masks around chins. I saw a lot more people not caring as much. Uh, and so that's a little frustrating. Once we got to the Magical Express, uh, we were told where to sit. We would walk in about four or five rows. They were not numbered. We would just have to count them. And then we would sit uh, one on the left, you know, two on the left, two on the right. When we got in the bus, someone else had screwed up where they were sitting. And so we could not sit where we were told. And that was a bit annoying. And uh, we were a little closer to people than we would have liked, but it wasn't that bad. The other family who came on right after us had three younger children and were very cautious. Um, we saw them in line being very cautious. We saw them on the bus being very cautious. And, uh, you know, I think I appreciated their effort to do so. Does that answer your question, Todd? Yeah, that's great. Charity, what's your feedback on that? Did you, what, about uh, two, what about the Disney transportation, like, you know, from park to park, et cetera? Yeah, um, amazingly, our experience on the Magical Express was almost identical to Randy's. Um, it, I mean, almost identical to the point that we were, you know, we were given row number five, you know, but the rows aren't numbered. You just have to count them. And the family that was supposed to be in front of us, um, you know, had not sat in the right place and they just kind of sat wherever they wanted. And I, in our case, the, um, it had messed up the seating badly enough that a cast member had to come back onto the bus and, you know, re-explain to them, well, I told you where to sit. And, and there was a whole, you know, short disagreement of, you know, well, it's not numbered. So does it really matter where we sit? So, um, you know, it, it, there were, there were the occasional people like that, um, that just kind of, you know, mess it up for everybody. Um, but overall, um, you know, we, we did the same. We flew and we flew Southwest. Um, both of our flights this time were very, very low number of, of um, people flying. So we had plenty of space. Um, Jeremy and I were in one row and uh, we had the row in front of us and the row behind us both empty. Wow. So, um, that ours, was on was, both ours was within 10 people of new capacity. New capacity being two-thirds of normal capacity. Uh, on, the, on the Disney buses, they had six different um, zones that you could sit in. And so there was maximum of six families or six parties on a bus at a time. That worked out well. I never waited substantially for buses. We waited less for buses this trip than most trips. 
so they definitely had enough buses going. I appreciated that. We stayed at Fort Wilderness and we took uh, the bus back and forth to the Magic, or excuse me, the boat back and forth to the Magic Kingdom. Uh, similarly, they had uh, seats marked off where you could and could not sit. The one time we went and it was raining or had rain, and so they were worried about lightning. You could not sit um, on the front part of the boat that was exposed uh, because of the threat of lightning. And we got a total of five families of four on that boat. It was the big mermaid boat, the biggest boat they have to take you to and from the Fort, Fort Wilderness. And five families was all they could fit. So uh, those were moments where it was frustrating because they did not have enough boats running. And I, I think um, for the most part, I saw the same that, you know, most of most of the resorts, their lines were a couple of families. Um, we stayed at Pop Century. They did not seem to be prepared for the number of people that would be traveling to Pop Century. We waited three and four buses mm. uh, just to get onto a bus. Um, you know, we had multiple drivers come through um, at, you know, either departing from or returning to, um, you know, multiple drivers come through, apologize. Um, with the numbered zones, we would, because we were only two people, we would be seated across from other people in the same zone. Oh, wow. So, like, for example, we were in zone two, and across from you, like face to face, across from you on the front of the bus, there's another zone two, two seats. The drivers would be putting some a, another couple, another two people in those other seats within the zone. So I, I don't think that was the intention. Yeah, they're not supposed to do that. No, but there were so many people and so few buses for um, Pop Century being the only value that was open, um, I don't think they were adhering to the rules that they were supposed to with that. All right, Stephanie, give us another question for us here. Okay, so real quick, and I wanna squeeze two in if I can. Um, yeah, the ahead. first question is, in planning, do you feel like there's like one park that you might have skipped for your trip? So that's question one. Do you feel like you would have skipped a park and what park would that be? And number two, um, how how did you feel the dining was? I know there are less um, options that are open. How did you deal with that? Did you go to more quick service options or did you try anything new? Um, so what was that dining situation like? Yeah, um, Let's see. So the, the dining question, um, yeah, there were definitely fewer dining options. Uh, we did eat more quick service than we normally do. Um, we are dining plan fans, as you guys know. Um, we're huge on dining plan. We're huge on our table service meals. And we only did one table service meal this trip. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, we did a lot more quick service and um, we actually ate at the resort more and uh, eating at the resort for us was more of um, just to go, you know, order mobile and go grab a brown bag of food. Um, it, food was not our most enjoyable part of our experience this time, which it really, you know, it, it normally ranks 
um, really high for us. So um, we did eat at the Rose and Crown uh, when we were at Epcot. Just I, I figured it would be a, a good, safe standby. Um, it's something that we, you know, we enjoy. Just figured we'd um, have an easy time there. And um, I'm not sure because um, I, I don't want to. Uh, I don't know. I I, I don't want to. Uh, make any judgments, but I'm fairly certain that our server was not from the United Kingdom um, oh. <laughs> and did not have an accent of the United Kingdom or familiarity, I would say, with the dishes. Um, so I do think that they may be pulling in wait staff from other, uh, yeah. from, from other pavilions. Um, it, the experience was not what it normally is. But yeah, um, I mean, as, as far as dining, we definitely did more quick service. Table service, there's, you know, there's not as much available and um, the experience is different. We did Whispering Canyon Cafe, we did Garden Grill, we did 50s Prime Time, we did Yak and Yeti. Uh, those kind of our, our standbys. Um, trying to think what else we did. The, the, the Plaza, we ate there. And at all of the table services, there were a lesser menu. Beth likes a particular salad at 50s prime time. They didn't have it. Um, Yak and Yeti didn't. They, they had most of what they normally have. Uh, they were probably the closest to having a full menu. Uh, they were uh, paper menus. You scan a whatever that is, barcode thing, and then you pull up the menu on your phone. That's how you order. We also ate at... Uh, the one across from the Jungle River Cruise, um, whatever that is, the the, the, can, the <laughs> Skipper Canteen. Yeah, yeah. Skipper Cantina. Yep. So we ate there. Um, that again, they didn't have the the fish. I usually get there, so I missed that. Sustainable um, fish. So their their fish was not sustained this time. Well, they had salmon. That's or that's what I had, but but I, I wish I'd had something else. Anyway. So uh, on, at the fast food places, the ones we ate at were all uh, order in advance on your phone. They won't let you in the building until, you have your, until your food is ready to be picked up. Then you go in, you pick it up, get a table there. The tables were spread out, which was nice. And uh, we did that to make sure we got an air conditioning. Um, but, you know, overall, the food was fine, but it wasn't the main thing. All right, let's go to Rusty with another question real quick. I just want to know which park would you say, if you were ranking the parks one, one to four, what has the most available and most open? Like as far as rides, restaurants, things to do, attractions, everything involved? Uh, I can't think of very many things that were closed. The, the people mover was closed uh, and I, I can't think of much else that was closed in the entire world. Um, what am I missing, Charity? Everything I think um, was open. Yeah, I think at, at Epcot, there was a lot as far as the shops and the quick service meals that were closed. So I, I think um, that's, that's what surprised me. And Stephanie, to answer your, um, your, your earlier question, you know, it, it pains me to say because Epcot is, is so near and dear to my heart. But um, if, yeah, if I could plan it again, I, I'm not sure that I would do Epcot on my trip this time. Um, it, 
it was disappointing. The Canada Pavilion was pretty much closed. Um, the China Pavilion was nearly closed. Norway, there wasn't very much open. Um, you know, the frozen ride was open. Right, yeah. aside from the ride that had a line the whole way out to the lagoon. Or, yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, they, there, was, there was a lot there that was closed that we would normally have walked into and enjoyed, um, especially this time going on a, um, an all-adult, you know, a, just adult trip. Uh, those are the kind of things that I would have really enjoyed doing, and I felt like I missed out on those. Right. Okay. So what about, but is like, are some of the shows open? Is Lion King open? No. Yeah. I didn't, I did think that some of the shows were closed, right? Nothing that takes an actor is open. Okay. So that, that leads us really to my next question. I've watched some videos of some of the characters being kind of off, you know, off the, the beaten path. And some of them are performing. What was your experience with the characters while you were down there? Randy, I know you don't do a lot of characters, but let's go to Charity first on this one. Yeah, um, so we, we experienced the characters via cavalcade. Um, we had... Um, cavalcade, explain that a little bit. So um, they come through with horses at Epcot. Um, let's see, so... Elsa, I think, was the only character at Epcot that was walking. Um, Anna was pulled by a horse. Separately, we had four princesses that were pulled by a horse at a, you know, at a, se a separate time period. Um, and then there was another horse set. Um, so these were all separate time periods um, that brought through... Mickey and Minnie and Goofy and Pluto. Yeah, I saw less horses and I saw more a single parade float uh, with, you know, a, a, a couple cast members in the front, a couple cast members in the, in the back dancing along the way, but one float with four characters on it, something like that. And, and that it was at random, as far as I could tell, random times of the day, and, but it was pretty often. I mean, every hour, I would say at least there was something coming down Main Street. Uh, now, we also did the Garden Grill, which is your only character meal in a park. Uh, and where they did that was the outer ring of the restaurant had tables with people sitting at them eating. And then on the, on the inner ring, Chip and Dale would come around and, uh, and say hi. I guess Mickey and whoever his partner is comes around and says hi as well. But what about the videos that have kind of gone viral of characters, you know, dancing and kind of in off to the side of the, you know, the trail? Did you not see any of that? Yes, I did see some. I saw uh, from Bell's experience, there was Gaston was over there and he was kind of talking across the ravine. We, we chatted with him a minute uh, when we had lunch at Pinocchio's Village House. Uh, he P Pinocchio came out onto the balcony and and waved to us. Uh, so, so there were some extra things. Buzz Lightyear was on his stage and you could stand in front of the stage and get your picture with, with Buzz in the background. So there were other experiences like that. Um, uh, certainly out, out on the lake or pond at Magic King or Smith and Animal Kingdom, they came around with little boats. We saw that. I, I actually never saw characters, uh, but I, but I know that they have had characters. I saw 
uh, drum cores and things like that. They had it. Um, there's at least one video that's gone viral that's got over a million views that of Winnie the Pooh out there playing with his bumblebee net out in in a and I I might or might not know somebody who knows him. Yes. Pretty cool. Oh, and then um, Star Wars was the other thing. Um, when we were in the Hollywood studios, um, they had like Ray and Chewbacca and another character that I feel bad I don't know what her name is. Um, but they were, you know, they, they were up on a second level. Um, but I would say that they were doing more to interact than they normally do. Um, so, like, the Ray would interact, especially with, um, like, there were a couple of kids nearby us. And so she was asking them, like, how old are you? What, what number? How old are you? And so she was actually having, like, conversations with the kids. That's cool. Um, so I, I would say there was more interaction there than those same types of character distances normally. Um, I, our experience with Ray at the Star Wars, Ray has been fabulous. Like every, like every time we've gone over there, we've met Ray has been. I like when she saw Brewer. She like went over there, gave him a hug, was great with him, went over, introduced him to Jabaka, um, talked to him, asked him if he was a rebel spy. We got on a ride. He came off the ride. She goes, there he is. That's the one I was telling you about. She went and introduced him to somebody else. It was every, but every time we've seen Ray, that's, she is a great addition to that area of the park. And, and that whole concept of having characters roaming there and interacting with the people and the, and the actual buildings there has been just a home run for disney i got something a bit, something else i want to make sure we talk about about our experience is the size of the crowds i think that's something that everyone's oh, asking yeah. about yeah we weren't gonna let that go for sure go ahead and talk about that well let me just say that you know, with the the length of the line is is long some of them the longest i have ever seen uh the length of the line um, however, be, you know, we haven't talked about fast passes yet because fast passes are basically non-existent. Um, you can do a child swap. There's a disability pass. There's a club 33 ability to get fast passes, but basically very few people are using fast passes. So the main line is going very quickly because of that. And, uh, with the distancing, you feel like you're always moving. So I walked past uh, on a Saturday, uh, our last day, we walked past Peter Pan at maybe one o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, it wrapped all the way through the queue. It came out of the queue. It went all the way down almost to Liberty Square area, wrapped back around uh, for the Peter Pan queue, and it was marked at 25 minutes. Um, so that kind of gives you a, a hint of how long the lines are yet in length yet in time. It's not necessarily that long. The, that at that same moment we walked down to the haunted mansion, it was wrapped all the way down by the boat and, and, and circled back around. So super long lines uh, that aren't necessarily very long. And our first day when we went to space mountain, it was wrapped from outside the building all the way around down near the carousel of progress almost. Um, to the last marker they had. We started on the last marker. Uh, it took us about five minutes to get to where we were in the building. 
once we got in the building, we never stopped walking all the way to get on the ride. That's how fast and how, how empty the line was. So we, our whole entire line was maybe 10 minutes, but you were scared to death about it because it was wrapped all the way outside onto the sidewalk. Charity, what was the longest line that you saw throughout your entire experience there at the parks? Randy, go ahead and answer while she... We waited 45 minutes for Slinky. It was marked at 55. We waited 45. And then that was like at uh, 11 o'clock in the morning. We came back an hour before closing and walked on it without a wait at all. Okay, Charity, did you unblank? I did. Um, so we we bypassed it because we were headed into Star Wars. But um, uh, first thing in the morning, Slinky, I think, was at 45 minutes. Okay. Um, on a Sunday, but okay, that, yeah. Let me ask you something real quick before Stephanie asks her question, and that is, what about the great the the replacement for the great movie ride? Did you not see lines for it? What we waited you- in them twice. So we went, we would rope dropped it once, and waited maybe ten minutes before we got on it. We rode it again another day, and waited maybe thirty minutes. Uh, but 10, 10 or 15 of that was in full sun. Okay. Uh, we're going to have another show where we talk about that, um, experience later. So let's hold on to that grade and review. Okay. And right. And rise of resistance. We need to talk about that someday too. Oh, well, we'll add your grade to, uh, charity and Stephanie and I. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. We've already reviewed it. You obviously didn't listen. Anyways. Um, Yeah. Uh, our our experience with that, I, I think the um, time frame for that was like 25 to 35. Uh, we got in when it was 25, and it took us less than that. It was about 20 minutes maybe okay. um, for us to, to get through the whole queue. Okay, Stephanie, you've got a question. Then we're going to hit Rusty, and then I've got one more thing, and then we'll end this podcast. Okay, so what what advice would you give to somebody who is – planning to go maybe in the next couple of weeks or next month, um, what's the best advice that you could give them in planning a quick trip? Definitely go. Uh, I would have fun with my mask. Uh, There's a lot, you know, like people wear special t-shirts or whatever, Uh, you know, use your, use your cricket machine or your sewing skills uh, to get you a couple fun masks. Uh, that's a fun way to show your Disney style. And I would say take advantage of the opportunity with attractions and lines right now. If there's an attraction that you don't normally visit because the line is long, uh, for example, I, we don't usually do Peter Pan or, um, the, uh, flight of passage in Avatar we always go the fast pass line. We never do standby. So I never see that standby queue. That's a really good one. Thank you. you use this as, yeah, as an opportunity to do that. I didn't know flight of passage had a cool queue. That's, that's a really cool question, charity. I I would not have thought of that. And, and I'm going to take your advice when we go down there, if we go um, when there's low crowds again, because I have never been through the regular line at mine train at uh at flight of passage even at the the millennium falcon ride i've never been through the regular line on those that's interesting so um rusty does not actually have a question so rusty is it okay if we make your question 
what's the one thing that we've missed that you feel like you want to hit before we shut down this podcast? So just think about that for a second and uh, think about what, what you think that you want to tell somebody about your trip because you are the only two people that have experienced this interesting new world that's down there. And uh, I mean, the entire Disney world, the entire WDW family's family is, is waiting to hear from you. So what have we, what have we not asked you? So, well, I I will say that the question that I've not heard yet is, did you feel safe? Yeah, that's a good Uh, question. Yeah. You know, did, did you feel safe? Which, um, you know, we did. Uh, I I asked Beth to reduce her Facebook posting uh, so that we didn't get quite as many uh, uh, insults about how stupid we were to go to amusement park during a pandemic. Um, so you know, I'll I'll confess here that we went. You guys all know we went, but but uh, we did we did feel safe. Uh, I thought people uh, adhered to the social distancing well. We spent a lot of time outside. Uh, we stayed, our, our, our hotel we, was at the cabins of Fort Wilderness, which was outside and, and away from other people. And, uh, you know, we feel like people did a better job of, obe- of following the rules than they do at our local grocery store here. Um, so, you know, I, again, we, we, we did. We felt very safe the entire time. Okay, Charity, what about a question that we may have missed? Uh- um, I, I think one thing that we didn't talk about um, was really the the guest makeup. Um, I think the demographics in guests right now is entirely different from what we normally experience in the parks. Um, your amount of families, especially families with small kids, it it's much much smaller than usual. Um, most of the guests that that we saw and now mind you we didn't go to the magic kingdom um but most of the guests that we saw were either families with teenage kids um or maybe college age young 20s um or just adults uh, we really didn't see a lot of families with small kids even when we went with to disney springs really didn't notice that yeah, I'll say we, we definitely saw some. I, I can see what you're saying. Maybe there's less than normal, especially for a summer. Um, but I will add that I think there were far more locals. And so, like, leaving Epcot at night, uh, I, I just noticed that maybe 75 to 85% of the people were headed out to the parking lot instead of to the buses. Um, you know, very few were really going to the buses. So, I, I think that there's a lot more locals and uh, certainly something Beth noticed is we heard pretty much zero foreign accents among the guests. Uh, as you can imagine, they're not coming from overseas right now. So uh, that was another difference we noticed. Yeah. Okay. Well, so that's interesting. So basically a local crowd, you're saying more like a Disneyland crowd almost is what they're having there at Disney world this year. Hey, great show, guys. Thank you, Charity. Thank you, Randy, for sharing your experiences and good questions, Stephanie and Rusty. I think um, I was a little, you know, this was really well done. I think you guys gave us a lot of good information. So hopefully somebody who's on the fence of visiting, like myself, will uh, listen to what you guys say. I I actually want to go more now. I've been trying to convince Amanda 
to keep the reservations that we made for October and, uh, and uh, try to go then, but she's not buying it right now. So we'll see. Um, all right. So anyways, thank you guys for joining us. I hope this was beneficial for all you guys who listened out there and uh, thanks for joining us and thanks for, uh, for being listeners of WDW for families. And we will see you guys in a couple of weeks and you're never too old to wish upon a star.